Hello, and this August 21st, 2020. Last time I said August 21st wasn't the 21st. It was the 17th or 18th. I forgot. One of those two. It was the uh, 18th. But this one is the 21st. And this is the bottom line part two. Last one was about my part one, now I'm doing part two. Let's start off with scripture. It's from Revelation chapter 19, excuse me. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10b. You must worship the God, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That's from the pure word. All right, let's ask you some questions here. Plato, do you believe him? Socrates, you believe him? NASA scientists, you believe them? Confucius, you believe him? Now, my question is, what do these men have that can prove that Jesus didn't have anything that he claimed to have. Is there anything? So what do these men have that can prove that Jesus didn't have what he claimed to have? Anything? I don't think so. So now let's go on. Most atheists and agnostics in 21st century idealistic people and unbelievers want a follower of Christ to prove that the Bible is real. And for a long, long time, followers of Christ have taken the bait. <clears throat> for once, let's turn that around. Now it's time for them to prove why their belief system is right. And the following answers I've heard over the years, they're not really answers at all. Like, well, the Bible isn't logical. Show me God. It's a European book. Man just wrote down what he imagined. Now, there are approximately 4,200 religions in the world. But this is not a real, well, I'll get to that in a second. There are approximately 4,200 religions in the world. So some people avoid all of them because there's so many. Some people understand that they all contradict each other. So they say, why try to figure out if they're true? But guess what? The gospel of Jesus Christ has been erroneously placed among these 4,200 and labeled them as Christianity. Excuse me. So when folks throw the gospel into the 4,200 religious gumbo, they're actually doing themselves a great disservice. See, Jesus is unseen and he's not a religion. He didn't come to start a new religion. He can't fulfill what was already written. 
So he's unseen, but he's alive if you're willing to believe. He'll show up in your life. Now critics to this, of course, are going to run high and hot. But Jesus is a good mouth shutter upper. He knows how to shut people's mouths up. Seeing is not believing, but believing is seeing. What I mean by that, you know in this world, in society, in the world, everything is seeing is believing. But, excuse me, in this life of faith, believing is seeing. It's a belief first. Now here's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and I'll see. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly and sincerely seek him. So, that's why I said believe in the sin. You gotta believe first. Oh man, give me one you have to believe God is real first. And then you'll start seeing stuff. But if you fold your arms and say, show me God, like I said in that, that, that other part, you say, show me God, he ain't showing you nothing. Now, the more I read the Bible, it becomes clearer and clearer that despite the deepness of the Bible, there is a bottom line and not a big mass of gray that we have interjected over the years. Am I saying that the Bible is easy to understand like a newspaper? Of course not, no way. But the theme throughout is the theme throughout is the same. Ungodly people who have rejected Jesus and, and uh, lived a life of sin, they go to hell and then like a brimstone on fire. Brimstone being sulfur. <clears throat> Born again people who have believed, in other words, committed their lives to Christ, they have eternal life and will not be judged. Now I gotta back all this stuff up with scripture. The un- to the ungodly. In St. Mark chapter 9, verse 43 to 48 from the NLT. Now this doesn't mean the ungodly is going to read the Bible because they're not going to. But those of us who are saved have to bring this to them and let them understand the seriousness of sin. He says, when Jesus was talking to people, he said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go to the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to end eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your, excuse me, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It's better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. Now, is Jesus telling you to cut off your extremities and gouge your eye out? No. He'll let you know which one is better. It actually would be better to go to heaven with one hand 
then have the two hands and go to hell. It would be better for you to go to heaven with one foot than have two feet go to hell. So how is your foot going to cause this sin? If you run after mischief, somebody says, oh, let's do this. Okay, and your feet are quick to run to mischief. You're quick to go to do something bad because you got no business doing So he said, if your foot is going to cause you sin, cut it off. Better in the eternal life only one foot. So in other words, stop sinning. Don't sin. Sin is serious. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, sin ain't that bad. It's just a little mistake. It's just a little something God doesn't like. A little something God doesn't like? We better stop thinking that. It's more than a little something he doesn't like. It's, it's not like you, you stuck him with a pin and he said, ouch. Because you said, no, sin is serious. Look throughout the Bible, it's serious. And it's not less serious because Jesus came. It's so serious. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7 for NLT. You know, oh, you sound so mean. It's not about me and me. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to alert us to the fact that the Bible is big. Jesus, God means what he said. Jesus means what he says. If they say stop sinning, and he said that the earth is destroyed, is under a curse because of the sin, then I think sin is kind of serious. All right, Second Peter chapter three verse seven, the NLT, <clears throat> and by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment, when ungodly people will be destroyed. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to hear you talk like this, to hear somebody talk like this, but we have to be warned. And this is the New Testament, too. This is Second Peter. So, you say, well, you, you was so far in Rapstone. It's not about being far in Rapstone. You say, what about the love of Jesus? I'm definitely for the love of Jesus. And I definitely teach the love of Jesus. Matter of fact, that's why I'm mentioning these these uh, fire and brimstone verses so that you don't go there that you don't have to be bothered with stuff like this you come to my Lord you don't have to worry about stuff like this but I still have to tell people about this because it's in his word and if you don't give it all of his word you're not doing it justice alright next one Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 to 15 from the NIV then I saw a great white throne. This is John talking. The one who wrote the book of Revelation. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from its presence. The earth and the heavens fled from its presence. And there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened another book was opened which is the book of life the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up that were in, in it and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done then death and Hades 
which is hell, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. So even hell is going into the lake of fire. Mm. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was found, was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, nobody likes these verses. However, if you're saved, once again, you don't have to worry about this. But for the rest of the people who reject Jesus on the earth and refuse to turn from their sins, this is what happens. Now, I'll say it again to get a little more clarity in your head. I'll read it again. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. So even the earth and heaven are fearful of God, like they should be. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> Another book was opened, which is the Book of Life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So everything you do in life has been written down. Every day you're alive on this earth is in the book. Whether you believe it or not. The sea gave up them that were in them. And death and Hades, death and hell, gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. What do you mean the second death? Well, the first death is when you die here on earth. However you leave here. Heart attack, dying in sleep. God forbid, COVID-19. Or you get shot or stabbed or whatever accident. Or natural causes. That's your first death. This is the lake of fire is the second death. This is where you go forever. If you're not right. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Period. Now to seek that a little further, 1 John 5 and 12, the NIV says, Whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's controversial, but what you going to do? It just has to be controversial until Jesus comes back. Ezekiel 18 and 4, for chapter 18, verse 4 for the NLT. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike. And this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. And you can't get much plainer than that. He said, the person, this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. Now, that hasn't changed. People say, well, Jesus came. No, I know Jesus came. I know Jesus died on the cross. I know he did. we don't have to go to hell anymore if we accept him. But this still stands. The person who sins is the one who will die. Then God said, this is my rule. He didn't change his mind. 
Can you find anywhere in the New Testament where God said, don't believe Ezekiel 18 and 4 anymore? I, I never saw it. Now, one again, folks. This is something you already know. And this is something that if you're going to witness to somebody or tell other people about Christ, this is, this is the bottom line, the formula. St. John 3 and 3 from the NIV. When, told, when Jesus told the Nicodemus, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. See, now these verses are the ones that make people come on the Lord's side or run away from them. Like when I read 1 John, whoever has a son has life. Well, whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's either going to draw you or, or it's either going to draw you or drive you. Then Ezekiel 18 4. For all people are mine to judge, both parents and children alike, and this is my rule. The person who sins is the one who will die. That's either going to draw you or drive you. St. John 3 and 3. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. It's going to draw you or drive you. Because you're going to say, oh, there's so many religions in the world. Why is this one right? What I said before, there's approximately 4,200 religions. This isn't a religion. People, people have thrown it in the gumbo as a religion, but it's not a religion. It's a way of life. We call it Christianity. You don't see the word Christianity in the Bible. We, may, we call it Christianity because it means following Christ. Well, a Christian is Christ-like, following Christ. But when you really look at it, being a Christian was not a compliment. It was just something they called a follower of Christ back in Antioch. They just happened to call them that. And, and they didn't say it in a flattering way. They just called them that. So you don't have to like the title Christian. There's nothing wrong with it. But we use it we use it anyway in life to describe somebody who's following Christ. But I still prefer to say a follower of Christ. Alright, now St. John 5 and 24. This all is for the pure word, which is the original Kone Greek. Now the English, the grammar in the English is bad, but Nevertheless, it's supposed to be the original Greek. <clears throat> it says, well, St. John 5 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he that is continuously hearing my word and is continuously committing to him that is sending me is continuously having life eternal and is not continuously coming into final judgment, but definitely is now continuously departing from death into eternal life. So you see the word, how many times it's continuously in here? Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. He said five times. So it gives the impression that you, you live in this saved life, this holy life. You're continuously being changed. You're continuously believing in God. You're intensely getting further and further away from death. 
Now, if you read the other translations, they tell you you're already free from death. And by faith, but now you might as well say you're free from death because this says definitely is now continuously departing from death into eternal life. So definitely, you're going to make it. If you're saved, you're going to make it. So you have eternal life while you're walking around here. As long as you keep staying with God, it's yours. And you go so far, you're not going to turn from God. You can go so far, you like what you're doing so much, and God is keeping you, that you're not going to turn from Him. People say, well, I know somebody's been saved 30 years, and all of a sudden they went back on God. Well, I ain't telling you they did, I ain't telling you they didn't. What I'm saying is I'm not answering one way or the other. That's between them and God. But I know what the Word says. And I know how the Word is written. So I'm not going there to say whether or not they are saved or not because I'm not supposed to. God told me don't judge another man's servant. So I'm not going to. We used to. People used to play. Oh, they still do probably. They used to play Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit police, put on a jacket, trying to find out who's saved and who's not. That's not our job. Get out of that arena. It's not your job. Alright, keep going here. Romans chapter 6, verse 15 to 17 from the NIV. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, now you have come to obey from your heart. Excuse me, the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. So if you're saved, you're no longer a slave to sin. You're a slave to righteousness. Doing what's right. Sin has no more control over you. See, we all have to make up our mind, myself included, everybody else, where we stand. We say, oh Lord, help, help me to be uh, not a slave to sin. You're already not a slave to sin, period. Lord, help me to have the right kind of allegiance while you don't have it. What do you mean, Lord, help me to keep my allegiance to you? Let my allegiance to you grow stronger. That's a more accurate prayer for you to say, Lord, give me allegiance. But you scared you don't have it? Then how are you saved? But if I say, are you saved? You go, yeah. Well, then you have the allegiance to Jesus Christ. We have to understand, we have to, we have to take the Bible and believe that we have what he said that we have. It may not be developed the way we want it to be developed in our own mind to where we we're comfortable with it. But we have to believe God <clears throat> that we're going to have it. We can't keep going around acting like we don't have it and like we'll never get it. We have to walk around like we have it. Bible says, when you ask God, believe in him, believe that you have received it, 
and it shall be yours. So you gotta believe that you have it already. Now let's go on to getting off the subject. Now, now why am I confident of this gospel nowadays? Because I used to ignorantly kick against it. See the critic, the critic's questions and all the sarcastic remarks, that used to be me. I used to do all that. Like the ones I said it before, you know, the Bible isn't logical. I would say stuff like that and I never read it. But I'm gonna stand up and say, the Bible isn't logical. It's not supposed to be. Or show me God. That's a stupid one. It's the European white man's book. I guess I'm tired of hearing, I've been hearing this since about 1981. I'm so tired of hearing that. <clears throat> uh, it's from the other side of the world. It's from the Middle East. It's not from Europe. It's a good thoughts to mine. Then, what's the other one? Ah, man just wrote down what he imagined. Can any man sit down and write this book? You ever take a look at how thick the Bible is? Can no man sit down and write that book? And what man will sit down and tell you you have to be changed, you have to be born again, you have to give up your old ways, you have to stop being so sinful? Man, if anything, would try to encourage being sinful. You try to encourage people to have more sex. You try to encourage people to steal stuff. You try to encourage people to do all kinds of wild things. Please to satisfy himself. What man is going to sit down until you stop doing all that stuff? Let's be realistic here. Somebody else is at work here. It, it took 1,500 years to write the Bible and about 40 men. Now, and all through those years when the Bible was completed, it does not contradict itself. Well, so yes, it does. That's why I'm so confident and I talk like this because I used to be the opposition. I used to be the one saying stuff like this. Until I learned that believing is seeing. You have to step out first in faith and then you start seeing stuff. You can't fold your hands and wait for God to prove himself to you. It doesn't work like that. He doesn't have to prove himself to anybody. He's God. And he's not a man. He's a spirit. And he's the one that made us. How are we going to demand stuff from him? It makes no sense. <clears throat> and if you say, well, I don't believe in God in the first place. Well, the Bible says the fool said in his heart, there's no God. So the Bible calls you a fool, not me. The Bible calls you a fool right off the bat. Because every day you get up, you see God. You see the sky, you see the earth. You see the trees, you hear the birds chirping. There's a God. He's the one that put them in there. But no, you'd rather believe, oh, science developed this, and over a number of years this happened, and it takes more faith to believe all that. Just to believe that there's a creator, that sounds easy to me. So if you insist on believing that Jesus, excuse me, if you insist on not believing that Jesus was the earth, that he talked about a new life in him, he talked about heaven and godly living, right? 
and, and he talked about <clears throat> and he died on that cross like he rose again and alive now forever will forgive your sins upon, upon confession and it's coming back again now once again if you don't believe anything I just stated at least believe in the foretold events unraveling in front of your face you say, like, what events? <clears throat> well, God said he was in a place if we don't turn to him. Don't we have one now all over the world? <clears throat> God said that if he decides to hold up the rain and send locusts on the earth. Now, there was a locust attack last year in Africa through eight countries. So, locusts attacks still happen. How they come? You think they came just by themselves? Okay, you believe that if you want to. And he said, if I hold up the rain, so if he holds the rain, there'll be a drought. Or there droughts all over the West? The Southwest right now? Yes, there are. Right now, 2020. It's droughts. So, God can hold up the rain and let me get ready. And there's been droughts for numbers of years. So things right in front of your face right now. All this political upheaval. All the civil unrest going on. The murder rate going up across the country. You know, people arguing. And everybody's exagger either exaggerating or not taking it serious enough. On one hand, people say, oh, the Republicans are exaggerating the crime going up. It's not that bad. It's still the lowest crime in America we've had since 1965. And then on the other hand, you got people got bonded on. They can't see that the neighborhoods are getting tore up. They don't see that though. So you got both people, somebody exaggerating and somebody not seeing enough. So what you think you're gonna have? Chaos because People are not going to blame somebody that's exaggerating. They're going to say, oh, stop. And before you know it, things are going to get tore up. So God bless you and start thinking for yourself. Don't let anybody twist your arm on how to think. And it's not. this is not about Democrats or Republicans. Because back in Bible days, there were no Democrats or Republicans. This is about God. The bottom line is you better turn back to God or you're going to see a thing like you never saw him before. I truly believe these last four months of the year are probably going to be worse than the first eight. So they're going to be definitely very eventful. So once again, start thinking for yourself. Don't let anybody tell you how to think. I don't care if it's four. For example, I don't care if it's for Black Lives Matter or against Black Lives Matter. Don't let anybody pull you on either side. You think for yourself. Because coming back for a church without spotting rain or stuff for a save, better make every effort to be spotless for him and blameless for him. In Jesus' name, stay blessed and keep doing what you have to do. If you're already doing this stuff, if you're already staying with God, Believe in him, stay with him, stay encouraged in Jesus' name.